WWE Crown Jewel turned out to be not just a glorified house show, not just a gigantic show that WWE is paying a lot of money for. I'm sorry, Saudi Arabia is paying a lot of money for. Not one where it's just a time filler. There were some time fillers. There were some certainly questionable booking decisions, much like last year, much like all the other Saudi Arabia shows. But ultimately, the ending, believe it or not, might have actually been the right call. A correct call. And one that will change the course of Raw and SmackDown for now. Because at the end of the night, in a false count anywhere, can't be stopped for any freaking reason, even if he gets shot in the face. Bray Wyatt, the fiend, beat Seth Rollins. Pinned him. One, two, three, to win the Universal Championship. Now, you might be confused because Bray is a SmackDown guy. Rollins is a Raw guy. What in the blue hell happens? Well, I guess maybe red hell in Bray Wyatt's case. Well, what will most likely happen is that Bray gets moved to, to Raw, Seth moved to SmackDown, and there you go. That seems like a pretty even trade to me. But this is a little confusing to me because they built this matchup for about three weeks or so. You had Hell in a Cell. Bray Wyatt was undefeated. You could have avoided all these crappy segments and angles and just had Bray Wyatt win at Hell in a Cell. But no, you had to drag it out. No, you had to kill the Hell in a Cell stipulation. No, you had to kill Seth Rollins. And, and as if Seth Rollins wasn't uncool enough, okay? You made CrossFit Jesus into just CrossFit dork. I burned the Firefly Funhouse. Who says that? Can you imagine Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the day cutting a promo where he said, Oh, goddamn, pal, I burned down Undertaker's Firefly Funhouse and opened a can of whoop-ass. No. Wow. So The Fiend wins the world title. The Fiend is your world champion. Uh, but, it, but it's funny because on one hand, I think it is the correct call. On the other hand, The Fiend's matches have not been all that good. And the fact, and this isn't Bray Wyatt's fault, but the fact that WWE insists, insists on continuing to have that stupid, ugly, hideous, unnecessary red lighting like we're in the red light district and Bray Wyatt's trying to look for a quickie or something in Atlantic City back in the day. Ugh. The fact that we have to have that red light throughout the entire match. It's stupid. It's unnecessary. And quite frankly, I think it's a little dangerous for the performers too. I mean, Sin Cara's mood lighting wasn't great, but at least you could kind of, sort of see. This red lighting is just, it's too much. It really is too much. And I'm curious to see what the hell they do at Survivor Series because this year it ain't just Raw versus SmackDown. No, no, no. It's Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. And I think looking back, it's kind of a missed opportunity that they didn't put over Matt Riddle on the first episode of NXT on USA or one of the first episodes of NXT on USA because he's a legit dude. He's a future star. He could be a star right now. And putting him in the ring with Brock Lesnar is money. Nothing against my man Adam Cole, but I'm just saying it's going to look a little weird if they do a triple threat with Brock Lesnar, the fiend, the guy who looks like Shawn Michaels' son. Would look like a, a little weird to me. But hey, what do I know? So uh, we had that crazy ending. Brazier Universal Champion. 
His previous title reigns have been pretty damn short, whether it was him as a tag team champion with Matt Hardy, a tag team champion with Luke Harper and Randy Orton, or even, of course, the WWE champion in 2017. We'll see how long this lasts. I think what will happen is he'll hold it through Survivor Series. He'll promote WWE 2K19, or 2K20, I should say, since he's like the main DLC character they're promoting. And then we'll get to TLC, where he can lose without getting Pender submitted in some type of TLC ladder match. So... That's my prediction right there, but I, I do think the damage has been done to him. I do think the damage has been done already to Seth Rollins. The damage has been done to the Universal title. The damage has been done to the Hell in a Cell stipulation that surely they're going to go back to one day, but just, oh, I mean, all that mess, the goodwill has, has been crapped on over and over again. And, and yeah, while, while you did give fans, technically, to a lot of people, the right finish on Halloween, no less, it's a few weeks too late so as far as the rest of the show goes we had humberto carrillo win a battle royal to face aj styles for the u.s title later tonight i did not watch this match i was a little tied up and still kind of am tied up like a lot of you you're either at work or at school i mean it's halloween it's a halloween afternoon it's tough for a pay-per-view but humberto carrillo did win i did hear for some people that they really wanted Luke Harper to win, the fans uh, the being they, and they gave it to Humberto, who would lose again to AJ Styles. They had a good match later in the show, but Humberto Carrillo's just lost and lost and lost, and he did win this match, but he's still a new guy. I think you got to give him some showcase matches before you just prop him up there. He is really talented, but he's still young. He's still raw, no pun intended, and I think a guy like maybe Harper or maybe somebody like Ali would have been better in that spot, but... Hey, they want to push uh, Carrillo for five minutes like they did with Cedric, and hopefully he'll end up a little bit better than Cedric. Brock Lesnar versus Kane Velasquez kicked off the pay-per-view. I did a video blog on this earlier. This was fun while it lasted, but ultimately appalling. Brock Lesnar beat Kane Velasquez. Here's how the match went down. Good body kicks by Kane. Those look good. Ended up uh, taking Brock down and doing some ground and pound. That was iffy at best. A lot of camera cuts because... You know, they like to cut the, the camera a million times over and make you dizzy before you can even enjoy the match. And then Brock locks in a Kimura. And I think around like the three-minute mark, Brock has that Kimura. Brock has that Kimura. That double wrist lock. And Kane just taps out. On top of that, they blame the knee for Kane getting caught in the submission. Which, okay, Kane's knee is, is, in real life is a, is a bum knee right now. But why not hit, hit him with a knee bar at least? Why not work on the knee throughout the match for a few minutes? Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman got twice as much time, if not more. And, and I would argue had a better match, even though that was pretty sloppy in parts too. And then afterwards, Brock beats the hell out of Kane with the steel chair until tiny Rey Mysterio with his arm in a sling came in for the save and actually almost caught Brock in the head with the chair. Brock got his hands up, but didn't look that great. Yeah. I get that in real life, Kane potentially needs to have knee surgery. It could be out for quite some time. But guess what? Nobody put a gun to your head and said, hey, you have to book this match now. Although I'm sure Saudi Arabia did pay a lot of money for it. But nobody put a gun to your head and said, you have to beat either one of these men right now. Considering this opened the show and you had Hogan versus Flair later, Rollins versus Wyatt, which turned out to actually have sort of a clean finish. You could have opened the show with this match and had some type of no contest, some type of disqualification. I don't normally advocate for this, but if it's building to another match down the road, which presumably this is doing either way, why not protect Kane? 
This did Kane no favors. Uh, a lot of people haven't been impressed by Kane. With all due respect to Kane, who was one of the best uh, MMA fighters of his generation, right now he is still a raw rookie in pro wrestling. And he is a dude that hasn't cut great promos. His worked punches haven't looked that great. Uh, you know, Aesthetically, doesn't look that great. And I'm used to it because I'm a Kane Velasquez fan and I've watched UFC. I know he's never had like a ginormous physique like Brock, and that's fine. He is a real badass. But to the people watching at home that aren't familiar with this guy, that just know him as the dude that fought Brock Lesnar and beat him 10 years ago, you needed to give them a little more than this. If you're a fan that doesn't care for UFC, doesn't care about MMA, and this is your first impression of watching Kane Velasquez, that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. They did him no favors. I know some people will say, well, it's realistic. You're right. It is realistic. In a real fight, this could happen. But WWE, historically, has not been really good when it comes to debuting new characters, maintaining the momentum of new, newish characters. And this is a prime example right here. This isn't just you know Kofi Kingston, who's been around forever. Uh, this isn't Braun Strowman, who's been around for a while now. This is Cain Velasquez, who presumably, whether it be short-term or long-term, paid a lot of money for, or I guess maybe more accurately, Saudi Arabia, paid a lot of money for. You've invested, maybe, okay, maybe technically the money's really coming from Saudi Arabia. You still invested a ton of TV time in the short amount of time you've had with him. You've made Brock back off him, okay, which, which you haven't made Brock do with anybody other than maybe Goldberg and Undertaker, and you just beat him this quickly. Never mind the fact that he is a guy who is potentially a Mexican superstar. You desperately need an Hispanic superstar. You have one right here, okay? Maybe he's not there yet on the mic or in the ring, to say the least, but he could be in a year or so. So why not protect him? But hey, you know what? It ain't my money. Shout out to my man, Cain Velasquez, who finessed Vince McMahon and KSA out of at least seven figures. Ugh. Uh, thumbs down for this for me. If you enjoyed it, cool. Thumb, thumbs down for me. And, and look, this would be cool if we haven't seen this song and dance from Brock before, but we've seen it over and over again. He destroys people. He maintains his credibility. That's great. But you need more than just one guy on the entire freaking roster to be protected. I guess now technically too with The Fiend now that he's universal champion. But again, that Hell in a Cell match uh, a few weeks ago did him zero favors. All right. Anderson and Gallows won the tag team turmoil match. I was able to catch some highlights of this. This was all right. Uh, really long, obnoxiously long. Uh, some notable things here. The Revival were eliminated by the New Day. And then Dash and Dawson attacked them after the fact. Then Gallows and Anderson came in, went for the kill, eliminated New Day. And then at the end, they faced the Viking Raiders. And they ended up getting the win. Uh, not a lot happening in this match. It felt a lot like filler. Uh, I'm looking up uh, the feedback I got earlier in this match. No, nothing too crazy. It didn't seem like you guys were uh, very hot for it at all. And honestly, I, I, can't, I can't really blame you all. Okay. We also had Mansoor versus Cesaro. Whew. I got to say, this was huge. This is huge because Mansoor stepped up to the plate. Yes, Cesaro led him the entire way. Uh, but Mansoor's definitely got something. I know he was in front of his home crowd. Got a huge pop. He got the win, by the way, with the, with the beautiful moonsault. But you know, some of the high-flying stuff he did look crisp. You know, good-looking guy, marketable guy. He actually looks like Seth Rollins' Arab cousin. So that, that, that's kind of cool. 
the only thing is, I don't just want to see this guy on the Saudi Arabia shows. I'd like to see this guy in NXT. I'd like to see this guy in 205 Live or wherever you want to put him. Just put him somewhere where he's visible on more than a quarterly basis because he's got something. I don't know what it is, but he's got something. And Cesaro made him look like a million bucks. Crowd was into this. Cesaro looked good. I'm still not feeling the weird khaki pants thing. Or not khaki, caprice pants thing that Cesaro's rocking. You know, he's got a great body. I don't know why he ditched the trunks. I don't know. Maybe he's been skipping leg day lately. Not sure. I highly doubt it. But good stuff from Cesaro. Good stuff from Mansoor. Uh, This was a, a nice win. Tyson Fury. Awesome entrance. All these flames. It's your, it's your thing. I was playing in the background. He came out to, in Saudi garb, which was cool. And he ended up beating Braun the Strowman via countout when he knocked out the Monster Among Men outside, went back in the ring. I guess this was supposed to protect Braun Strowman. Didn't really do that, but let's face it. Braun Strowman's gotten a million title shots. WWE has done wrong by him over and over again. At this point, it is, it is what it is. Uh, look, Big Show in his career was booked questionably over time and eventually overcame it. I hope Braun Strowman can. Here's the thing, though. Big Show, at least at different parts of his career, before he would have these periods of being, quote-unquote, buried or not booked well, would at least have periods where he'd at least hold the world title and win some big matches. And when's the last big match Braun Strowman's won? It's been a while. But this was fun while it lasted. A little sloppy. Uh, somebody tweeted out, uh, I think it was GIF Skulk, tweeted out a GIF of Tyson Fury going for a pin, but it was like a WWE 20 pin where they go for like a weird pin and they have to adjust and the referee takes forever to go down for the count. That was a little wacky, but for a guy in his first pro wrestling match who's as big as Tyson Fury is, uh, for a guy who also has a lot to lose because he's looking forward to that potential Deontay Wilder fight next year, I thought he did a hell of a job, and Braun Strowman did his part, so thumbs up there. As I mentioned, AJ Styles beat Humberto Carrillo. Good match, but just went a little too long. Crowd didn't care. Uh, Again, I think somebody else in in this role would have been a little bit better than, than Humberto. Natalia beat Lacey Evans. Both women were covered up. They were also wearing t-shirts. A basic TV match. Nothing spectacular, but the crowd was super hot. Both seemed emotional going into it. Natalia won with the sharpshooter. Got the whole pyro fireworks display. Everything. Afterwards, both embraced. I got a little choked up a bit watching that. Now, say what you want about everything with KSA, and you could say a lot. Okay? You can say a lot. And you can say a lot about the purpose, the underlying purpose of this match. But... The bottom line is for the women, for the girls in, in this audience, for the women that were in the ring, this clearly meant a lot to them. And I was very touched by this. And uh, it looked like Corey Graves and Michael Cole were too. And Lacey Evans and Natalia are embracing and bawling their eyes out. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And, and, yeah, again, this is probably going to be used for reasons that are not so uh, favorable to some. But... I am happy for Natalia. I am happy for Lacey Evans. And, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, they, they had their moment. And I'm happy they, they got their moment. So I, I will leave it at that. We had Team Hogan versus Team Flair. I, I did not get a chance to catch all of this match. I did see the crazy RKO that Randy Orton hit on Roman Reigns, which might have been the finish or should have been the finish if both guys were on the same brand. For a second, I thought, man, Randy Orton should get the, the win here. But then I remembered Randy Orton's on Raw 
Roman Reigns is on SmackDown. I guess you technically could do or could have done Roman versus Randy at Smack on uh, not SmackDown, sorry, Survivor Series with it being Raw versus SmackDown. But it is what it is. Team Hogan ended up getting the win. From what I understand, this was a, a pretty fun match. I saw some of the gifts. But it, it is kind of ironic, you know, I, I saw some people say it's kind of ironic that Hulk Hogan's team was uh, anchored and won by multiple men of color. So take that for what you will. And then we had our main event. The Fiend Bray Wyatt defeated Seth Rollins to win the WWE Universal title. This match was okay. There was a wacky spot where Bray got knocked off the stage into some equipment. It wasn't that big of a fall, but Bray falls down. Uh, sparks fly out, fire <laughs> comes out. Like, you know, it was it wasn't as wacky as that one time when Shane McMahon knocked uh, not knocked what's his name Kane off the dumpster into another dumpster full of fire, and Kane was like, "Burn in hell!" Or Shane was like, "Burn in hell, you son of a bitch!" Only for Kane to come back next week. It wasn't that wacky, but it was still wacky. And of course, on Halloween, Bray rises from the dead, hits the mandible on Seth Rollins, pins him. Uno dos trace, and we have a new universal champion. Again, I think it was the right finish three weeks ago. I also think this would have been the right finish if I didn't realize that they are going to continue to use the stupid, unnecessary, borderline dangerous, and appalling red lighting. So overall, I don't know what to even give this show. It's a weird show. I'm going to give it a thumbs in the middle because... I guess the right guy won at the end of the show, although I, I don't even know anymore given how wacky and inconsistent Debbie Booking has been. Uh, the Kane Velasquez thing was just uh, appalling to me. Tyson Fury, I thought, looked good. Uh, you know, the, the women's match was a nice moment. The other matches were relatively harmless. You know, the, the, the Gallus and Anderson are technically the best tag team in the world. I think a, a few people would have something to say for that. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a really long, congested show. But at least something noteworthy actually happened this time. And that being Bray Wyatt being the new Universal Champion. Scott Anderson says, Sorry, Broski, we don't need the Fiend as a part-time champion as well. You cannot have that character on every week. You can't. Maybe, maybe they actually have him wrestle as Bray Wyatt in that, that sweater or something. I don't know. Maybe he'll be an evil Mr. Rogers. I have the network on still, and they're showing the, the day of SmackDown's 20th anniversary. And one of the production trucks still shows Dean Ambrose. It also seems like they cut out Eric Bischoff as well. Well, times are rough, I guess. Let's see. I hate Bray Wyatt with the scary mask on, says JoJo Official 9 and more. That's, that's their actual username. Okay, I like this video. Well done, TSC Newsman. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, you can also watch it on demand on YouTube on Facebook.com slash The Sports Courier or listen to the podcast. Just search TSC News. Nakey Random, will Bray Wyatt ever lose the title? Of course, he'll, he'll eventually lose. I, I don't know who will lose it to, uh, but he'll eventually lose the title. Fred, what are your thoughts on the Jordan Miles situation? Oof, all right. I don't think we have enough time for a full podcast to go through with this, but uh, I'll just say this. Put it this way. Here's what happened in a nutshell. WWE NXT released a shirt on behalf of Jordan Miles that featured a smile against the black background with what's supposed to be teeth in the mouth, the red area, that said Jordan Miles. Now, at first, when I saw the shirt, I just thought, oh, another unoriginal, ugly WWE shirt because their graphic designers kind of suck. 
At least some of them do. And then when people were tweeting out comparisons to blackface, and I saw the side-by-side images of an infamous blackface illustration with that similar art style to his t-shirt, I thought, oh God, this is bad. Now, evidently, he did too. Jordan Miles, ACH, Albert Hardy Jr. And he flipped out. He flipped out on Twitter. He went full scorched earth, uh, called Hulk Hogan a racist. I mean, tell us something we don't know, pal. Uh, Really just kind of burned some damn bridges. And look, whether you like the delivery of of some of his messages or not, uh, the reality is he wasn't saying anything that wasn't necessarily true. Or untrue, I should say. Uh, a lot, of, you know. I mean, Dedeby's had issues before when it comes to race. Uh, you know, they've had issues with portraying black wrestlers in a positive light or in a light that's not stereotypical. You know, and that, that can be said for a lot of uh, people of color under the Dedeby banner over the years. And uh, so, the keys to the story, beyond all like the you know the anger and the trolling from certain fans and stuff like that, was that while they did present the shirt to him. They presented it on a white background, not a black background. And it seemed like he was pressured to agreeing to this shirt because, let's face it, NXT talent and WWE talent in general doesn't really have a say in their merchandise. Uh, we've, we've talked about this before. Becky Lynch with the last kicker shirt. Yeah, uh, that, that could be uh, perceived in a very different way. There was a Sankara shirt many moons ago that featured a phallic penal design, which was quickly pulled a few years ago, there was a Kenta shirt, or I'm sorry, the Hideo Tommy, a.k.a. Kenta shirt, that had a, a version of, of the Japanese flag that was deemed defensive by Japanese peoples. Uh, there's, there's a number of other, other incidents with WWE. I mean, you had freaking Jinder Mahal a couple years back, actually, around this time, cut a promo calling Shinsuke Nakamura Mr. Miyagi, only to beat him at Hell in a Cell. Uh, yeah, needless to say, whether intentionally trying to be uh, douchebags when it comes to dealing with race or just being stupid and, and ignorant. Uh, WWE has not had a good track record, even in recent years, with, with race. And evidently, it sent Jordan Miles uh, over the edge. And uh, he went off and, and even like shared a screenshot of the email. that, And, and he said he was pressured, more or less pressured to accept this t-shirt design because Triple H and Road Dog liked it. And they're his bosses. Uh, he even shared an email. A screenshot of email and post it on Twitter. Uh, never mind the fact that when uh, people did some research, the graphic designer or person that's in charge of the graphic design handling of, of these shirts was only two months in on the job and looks like a child. It's also white. Nothing wrong with being white. Just saying. If you're going to hire somebody and if you're going to have incidents in the past that have been, at the very least, insensitive and ignorant to race and ethnicity and all that jazz... You might want to be a little careful. You know, you might want to have a real review process. I'm a project manager, right? And I work with, with, with different advertisements and things like that. And we go through product and legal. We go through account teams. We go through the client. It goes through a lot of different hands before ads see the light of day, okay? Before any type of creative sees the light of day. And, uh, you know, we've had some times where we've had to be like, okay, that could be perceived a different way. Let's go another way. And that happens pretty much at every major ad agency, every major marketing company, any marketing company that has a freaking clue. So was it malicious intent? I don't really know. Did he have a right to be pissed off? Absolutely. Should he have reacted in the way he did? For the sake of his career, probably not. And and I do feel bad about that. And I hope that 
his career doesn't suffer for it, although I, I think it will, um, at least in WWE. I do think he's more than good enough to end up in AEW or New Japan if, the, if WWE was to release him. Uh, but just an unfortunate situation. And look, the reality is, whether he's got some stuff going on at home and in his head or whatever has been insinuated excuse me, by, by some people and even by him, um, the reality is I think this all could have been avoided with the conversation. I think this all could have been avoided if, if WWE took it upon themselves and more or less Triple H, since NXT is his baby, if Triple H took the time to you know stop blasting some really bad rock music and you know paid, paid a little more attention, especially to, to his stars of color who have to not only deal with trying to get over like everybody else, but deal with being stereotyped in different promotions, deal with being, deal with being stereotyped by fans, deal with racism. And if you're a, a woman of color, I mean, forget about it. It's even it's twice worse, 10 times worse. So, you know, I'm sure there's people in the company mad at him. I'm sure there's people that think he was unreasonable. But I do hope there are people within the company that also learn a valuable lesson from this and not just, oh, we, you know, oh, we can't have people on Twitter. Hopefully there's a positive that comes out of this. But an unfortunate situation, you know, again, I'm mainly, I'm mainly on, on Jordan Miles' side here. And, uh, you know, I, I, just hope, I just hope it all works out. It would be nice if it does. It would be nice if he was added to, like, the War Games match that was booked for NXT TakeOver. They do have a Women's War Games match being booked as well. But I don't know. I think, I think ultimately for all parties involved, I know WWE doesn't like to release people. I know WWE likes to keep people on ice and have that control. But considering this was a very embarrassing situation for the company and one that, quite frankly, was mainly started by the company itself, I say give him his release. Let him do some indies. Hopefully, AEW will pick him up. And I hope, he, I hope one, he lands on his feet. And I hope, two, DDB learns a valuable lesson from this. Even though at the end of the day, as a corporation that really just cares about money, they're going to do what they got to do. Or do what they want to do, not what they got to do. They didn't have to go to Saudi Arabia. They wanted to go to Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, that, that is that. Uh, by the way, the DDB third quarter results call was today. We, we posted some info on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the sports courier. Ooh, not good. Attendance down, ratings down, merchandise sales down. Good news for DDB is they have the Saudi Arabia deal for the next decade. The $2.5 billion TV rights deals have started, so they're, they'll be profitable for a long time. But with the ratings continuing to tank, NXT doing 580,000 viewers, granted against the World Series, but still, with Raw doing one of the lowest ratings ever, with SmackDown doing under a million viewers, I think under 800,000 viewers on FS1. Granted, it was on FS1 because of the World Series. Pretty damn alarming stuff. Now, granted, AEW was way down too. AEW was less than 800,000 on Wednesday, but it was also going against the World Series. And guess what? It still beat NXT, which is costing USA Network a lot more than what AEW is costing TNT. So anyway, folks, I'm going to get on out of here. I hope you enjoyed this recap. A lot going on in the world of wrestling. Good, bad, indifferent. Let's not lose sight of the fact there's still a lot of good talent out there. Great talent in all the promotions. Just unfortunately, in the case of WWE lately, they have not been utilized to the best of their abilities. Uh, Ricochet with that superhero outfit tonight. It's Halloween. I get it, but they're leaning too much towards the superhero stuff. Chad Gable dressing up as a character uh, on Doug and Nickelodeon, the cartoon, as Shorty G. Dressing up as one of Captain Underpants' best friends. No buys for me. But folks, I would love to hear from you. What did you think about Crown Jewel? What do you think about AEW versus NXT? What do you think about Survivor Series coming up? 
Let me know. Leave a comment below. If you enjoyed this update, like, share, take care. Please check out my latest reviews. I did a review of W2K20 on Xbox and on PS4. One standard edition, one deluxe edition. I'll also be reviewing the Bray Wyatt The Fiend DLC over the weekend. So until next time, everybody, as always, enjoy the matches and don't forget to subscribe for more updates.